This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla, and today I have my friend Rubina on here with me. She is the founder of Aura Market, and she is a creative visionary, two-force splenic manifester. And I'm really excited to have her on because we connected last year through the human design certification program that I've talked about, SSEC with Eden. And we just always kept in touch in the DMs. And I've always just loved witnessing, you know, her businesses grow online. And then I invited her onto the channel because I wanted to chat with her and also have her share her experience with human design and all the things. So Rubina, welcome to the channel. Super excited to have you here. Thank you. I love talking about human design. So this is perfect. I could talk about it forever until I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the sacred energy, but yeah. That's okay. You're going to borrow mine. It's all good. You're going to be on a high after this. I promise you it happens every time. (laughs) Oh, good. I'll get some things done. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. So I would love, let's start from, let's start from the beginning. Did you find human design before you started your businesses or did you start your businesses and then human design? Oh, I want to hear this. Perfect. Let's go there. I am. I'm so happy I found it after because I think if I had known human design and then tried to start a business that way, I would have gotten into my mind more. Um, I started my business three years ago, March, 2019, uh, the gray muse that's, uh, creative pins and stickers for artists, designers, just, I think everyone's a creative. So it speaks to a lot of people. I attract a lot of different customers. So I don't have like one ideal customer. I attract all kinds of people. And before that, I was a licensed social worker. And last year was when I decided not to renew my license. So not going to go back to corporate or working for other people. I love to work for myself. Um, The Grey Muse was successful from the start, but it took a while to really own that. And I chalk that up to the two line, just kind of doing what I do naturally and not really noticing it until people call it out. Um, and human design, I found actually that year was 2019. Yeah. It was end of uh, December because I, I've seen people talk about it so much on like in Facebook groups. And so I, I'm naturally, I'm like a Googler. I Google everything. I'm like, what is human design? And I took the test, test, look up my birth info. <laughs> I know. Right. I was I like, what that. is this test? <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'm a manifester. I'm part of the 8%. I'm so special. I loved that. Like my ego was like really stroked. I have defined ego. (laughs) Um, And I booked a reading right away. It was like no question about it because I I didn't want to bother wasting my energy trying to like research. I did, but it just wasn't clicking for me. Um, And it's interesting because I've been studying human design and gene keys together, like starting together. And the first person I booked my reading with reading with looking back was a gene keys guide but he did like a human design reading for me so he didn't introduce me to gene keys but I just thought that was interesting um I actually I never listened to my recordings you know when I do readings with people or sessions just because my time is valuable so it's only if I really want to go back and revisit the conversation and I went back to listen to it because uh, after I had done the reading, I still didn't really know how to apply it. I would just go around telling people, I'm a manifester, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> like, that's all I knew. And so looking back, why it took me about three, four months before I started studying it, it's because it's normal for you not to get it right away. And I, I went back to listen to the session and he did it perfect. Like the session, everything he talked about was on point. So it wasn't even like it was a bad reading. Some people come and have initial readings and then it just goes over their head and they they blame the reader. Oh, they didn't explain it well to me. But that's actually normal because it's a new language and it has to take time to integrate. Um, so having that gap, it's, I started studying with Eden, I think it was May of that year, May, 2020. So my reading was January, 2020. And then I found Eden and all the human design people. And that's when I started actually like diving in and starting to like 
learn how to read the body graph and like learn what centers are. Um, and yeah, that's how it started. <laughs> I love that though. That's so good. And I, I love what you said. I think like anyone listening to this, maybe they are new to human design. And they're like, oh my God, I'm not getting it. There really is like, I've only been studying human design like a year, like literally 13 months and like four days. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I just think that I was consuming so much information last year, like to go through all three levels of Eden's program in like 10 months while working a full-time job. Like it was wild. And I was like, oh yeah, I have all this information. And I was like spitting out all this information, but I didn't like, it's like the next level is embodying it. And then Mm -hmm. it's almost like you don't even, you don't even consciously notice it anymore because it's just the way that you show up. It's the way that you communicate with people. It's the way that you set boundaries. It's, it's so natural and I love it when I do readings for people and they've never had a reading and there's things that are they're already naturally doing like even if it's consciously defined in their chart they're like naturally doing it and I was like this is literally evidence that you don't have to force this it's it's Mm -hmm. just this is meant to be easy right so I really love what you said about that I think that's awesome yeah yeah I took a break from studying it for about eight months and that's when I actually integrated on a deeper level and then I just had space to witness myself and see how how far I've come since I first started studying the system yes actually I would love to dive into that a little bit more when you were talking about integrating because I get there's lots of people want to know how to embody it like how do I apply it to my life to my Mm -hmm. business and so on And so what worked for you to integrate human design into your life? And I love how you just said that you like witnessing yourself. I think self-observation is huge. So I can imagine that was like a big piece of it. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always just been very aware, but I took my awareness to another level, like consciously, just kind of every time I would take myself through a decision or a situation, I'm like, noticing how I'm making the decision so I didn't get caught up in whether I'm doing it correct or not I'm splenic authority and it's you know um, you're taught that it speaks in the moment doesn't repeat itself it changes from moment to moment so it's like what do I do with that and so all I really had to do was make decisions and then look back and see what I was feeling at that time what were the thoughts I was having Uh, what happened with the situation when I made the decision realizing when I wanted to shift it back to like when it was uh, initially a no I said yes and then realized after a little while that it really was a no and like what was happening so I I, and I tried to do it without judgment that like some people are like am I making the right decision is it like how do I know when it's a yes or a no and it's like you really don't know until you're actually experimenting with it and so really give myself permission to get it wrong, which is you can't really get it wrong. That's how you learn. <laughs> um, so I did a whole lot of that. And that's how you're actually starting to, to see like that body graph come to life. Oh, those are, that's my open head. I'm getting really, really excited. Let's take, let's take a break from people. Let's stop consuming information. Uh, you can only do it by bits and pieces. And it was just really beautiful to witness that, to see it come to life. Oh, like sometimes even when you know things like let's say with the um, I have undefined solar plexus and knowing that I you know like other people's I was uncomfortable with other people feeling a certain way and then still choosing to people please or (laughs) say yes if I wanted to say no like it doesn't mean just because you know this that you're always going to be in alignment with your highest self you're still human and you're still going navigating these difficult things um And so I just had to give myself grace that for not like being my higher self, like, no, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. I still have some lessons to learn. Um, And then definitely with the open head, I knew that I really needed to to take a break. It was starting to feel overwhelming and I was starting to uh, get into like my undefined agenda, like trying to know more so that I could prove that I knew more. And so I was like, you know what? let's just take a break I'm just not even gonna look at anything and just see what happens day to day with like with my daughter with my husband with my business and that allowed me space to really um, observe more and then take my time making decisions as well just because the splenic is a yes or no doesn't mean I have to like take action right away because I was doing that initially I always when I first learned it so sometimes we learn with the mind And then you realize that you're still kind of hustling or in your not self. Um, And I'm leaning towards like 
taking it a lot slower than with I'm single definitions, Spelanic manifester, that's one of the fastest <laughs> like uh, action takers. And I just got tired. I was like, let me try like taking really slow action and see how that is. And um, just being able to slow down was really great for me, like really seeing how even on a subtle level I was sabotaging or in my not self because sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's just not yes oh my gosh I'm loving all of this and I was just like visualizing your your chart in my mind and I was wondering do you have a defined g-center yes Mm. I'm all about me (laughs) yes and then defined heart center okay do you have your root defined no that was one of the first the first centers that I started consciously working with to decondition because I was always doing 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 productive like a straight A student um I don't know my parents designs because we don't know their actual birth information but I'm pretty sure that my dad is a a manifesting generator probably root defined it just always felt like pressure to get things done quickly and I I have three manifesting generator siblings, one projector sibling. I'm the only manifester, um, but I was doing everything for everyone in the family. And it must've been my undefined solar plexus, my undefined root, wanting to get things done. And, and then I had, uh, I was diagnosed with PCOS uh, in 2016. And so obviously it makes sense. And then chronic hormonal issues take a long time to balance at least in my understanding. And so last year is when I decided uh, to really slow down and I had my IUD removed last week. So it's just really giving myself that space to slow down and then see where I'm still blocked or where I'm still like trying to get like, you know, attached to productivity. Uh, my worthy, worthiness to how much I get done. So now the late lately, I've just been doing nothing and trying to be okay with that. Um, and it's, I feel myself really softening, like really enjoying just like, oh, I'll come back to it. The work will always be there. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm loving this so much because I also have an undefined root, but I have six hanging gates off of it. And oh my, goodness. my I, I know. <laughs> And my boyfriend has, he's a splenic projector and he has the root to spleen defined. And I can just, I can just see it. Like it's so obvious and he has a wide split to the head and Ajna. And it's, I really had to do that deconditioning too. Like this, like needing to just slow down and trust the timing because I have that sacral defined, I would easily get into like overdrive to just keep going and going. And it's interesting, actually, I would love to talk about this a little bit because you mentioned that you got diagnosed with PCOS. And when I was 17, so literally like Mm -hmm. what, 15 years ago, I got diagnosed Mm -hmm. with PCOS. I did the testing, like blood work, ultrasounds, Kayla, you have cysts in your ovaries. You're going to go on birth control. The pill didn't work. I got an IUD. I had two IUDs over the course of eight years. I didn't have a period for eight years. And at the end, I was like, you know, this is a funny thing, right? When you start getting into spirituality and intuition, you start to listen to your body. Like, can you to like do certain things, even if it doesn't make sense to other people? And I went mm-hmm. to the doctor and I said, I want it. I want to take it out and I want to get tested. And they're like, oh, are you having any symptoms or anything? I was like, nope, I just, that's just what I want to do. They took it out and I did the same <clears throat> test again. There was nothing. She was like, oh, your hormones are fine. And I'm like, seriously? And then 40 days later, after not having a period for eight years, I got a period and then it was regular. So it's just interesting. And I was like, when you were talking about this overdrive, because like the sacral and the root really have to do with that reproductive system area, right? So it's like, I love to hear that you're like, you're, you're pulling back and you're like really paying attention to the conditioning in the root and even like Mm -hmm. the energy that you probably picked up in the sacral from having sacral beings around you your entire life. And it's like actually listening to yourself and slowing down. Like, I think that's so important. I think this is like such a golden nugget for the listeners to like really trust yourself to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I've now that I've gotten to slow down, I'm consciously working with deconditioning the sacral center and the undefined solar plexus. So I've gotten a lot better. It's not like at a hundred percent decondition because you're always, <laughs> you, there's so much on like subconscious work, of course. Um, but so lately 
because I've slowed down and have a lot of time to do nothing, it's trying to reconnect with pleasure in daily life. And I'm finding that it's hard. It was even hard to admit to my mentors, even hard to talk about because it's like, oh, it, that judgment came up that I'm doing it wrong, but I can't, you know, like when you're sipping your coffee and you're smelling it and like, I can do it in moments, but like trying to hold that pleasure longer feels strange to me. It's a newness. And so that's when it, it clicked, like, because I feel like everything that you do comes at the right time. So of course, if someone had told me or it just didn't, it, it just wouldn't come to me. I follow everything intuitively. And so in the last couple of weeks, because I've, I've had this, now it's coming up, the Seiko Center, reconnecting with pleasure, reconnecting with um, finding like a pleasure practice. And then the IUD kept coming up. I've had it for four years because that's how old my daughter is. I got it right after I had her. And I was like, holy crap, what if that is the block? <laughs> like it's technically, you know, because it's, um, because I've been trying so hard. I'm like, why can't I do it? Why can't I connect? And I, and so I was like, maybe if I have this removed and try it naturally, and I've always had a normal period. It was just like other symptoms of PCOS that I had. And I still had my period on the IUD. It was just lighter. And so now I'm just, I want to connect with myself naturally and then find, um, if I can have that, you know, like if the block is no longer there because I'm back into my norm body. So it's, I'm taking my time with it because I've just had a lot of trauma uh, when it comes to the body boundaries. Uh, and so you really can't rush that process. It has to feel good for you and no one can tell you how fast to work with trauma or even work with deconditioning. Cause you know, I just feel like if I can't explain it, then it must go really deep and just really trust myself to take my time with it. Yeah. Yes. I I can really hear in your sharing how connected you are to your splenic center, like just like really grounded, like in your intuition and even just hearing like, Hey, time to take out the IUD time to do this, like slow down. Like I, I bet you, like you, you probably notice it, but I bet these are like the little whispers that you're just like hearing. They and now are. That you're I thought it was down, my mind. Like, <laughs> no, the splenic thought- whispers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I've been learning a lot more about the, the splenic center lately as well. So even though I know that I've always run my business intuitively, it sometimes feels logical too. But I think it's just that because of that single definition and because the two line, like I'm always observing how things, how people are doing things. And then I kind of make connections and then go do it myself. And it just works for me. And because it's hard to explain then it just feels like, oh, I don't know. And then I had this conversation with someone yesterday. She's like, you know, you know exactly what you're doing. And there are people who get those whispers and then don't follow through. And then when I get a nudge or something tells me to go take a step, I'll act on it. And so that is my process is that I know how to listen to my intuition. Um, it's, it's just hard to ex- explain to people who are who haven't connected with their intuition. Yeah, it's so interesting. I was literally having similar conversation with someone the other day about how, you know, I remember back in the day when, let's say before I really got into spirituality and like the cards and the meditating and the journaling and the manifestation, like I used to look at those things, like I'd go into like a crystal shop and just be like in awe, like looking at things and whatever. But, and then, and then people, you know, they do like psychic readings and they'd be really connected to their intuition. And I'd be like, oh my God, like, how do you do that? You know, like, that's so cool. Like you must have this gift. Like I don't have that. But the funny thing is that it really is like the secret to connecting to your intuition is slowing down and creating space by letting go of the judgment that comes up when these little whispers happen. Because when Mm -hmm. like, let's say you get a whisper, no matter what your authority is, like I get my sacral whispers, but usually it's just like a straight up fuck yes or fuck no. (laughs) But even then those shouts (laughs) are very much like it's, if I were to judge it and be like, oh, but is it a yes? But what about this? And then you, you start like clouding whatever Mm -hmm. wisdom came to you. Then that's how you shut off your connection to your intuition right? So I think that that's what some people don't get. Yeah. I mean, I've, I had to ask myself like, well, what's the worst that could happen if it it was really a yes. And then I, you know, I said no, or it was a no, like 
it's like, what's the worst that could happen is you're going to find out that it, it that wasn't the way. And then you're going to discover what was the way <laughs> like, we're not here to get it right. We're not here to get an A plus on how we human. We're just here to, this is how we learn is like, for me, it's patterns because I have the 44 and the five. So it's like patterns, rhythms. And so I allow myself to go through processes of getting it wrong, making mistakes, because that's how I'm going to gather information about what works and what doesn't work. Some people are just so afraid of getting it wrong that they're not giving themselves permission to like figure out their process. And that's, you got to get messy. I don't, I, you know, I probably have a lot of three lines in my, <laughs> in my profile. Cause I always uh, relate to that, that I just try things and then see what works and what doesn't work. I love that. There's uh, I was having a conversation with someone and actually I've been talking to a few people about this, like having a sacral authority, for example, is one of the biggest breakthroughs I've had is, you know, I would say like the flat line definition is like, oh, like you respond to yes or no. And it's like, if it feels good, then you do it and so on. But then what I really realized the next level is like responding to my environment, like what's mm. coming up in my environment for me to be like, yes, I want to do that. Yes, let's collaborate. No, I don't. You know what I mean? And so I was talking with a friend of mine who's also a 2-4 manifester. And I was asking her like as a manifester, because there's the initiating and the informing, you know, for example, like projectors, reflectors, generators, many gens, like we are, I feel like we're very connected to the environment because we like need things to co-create with. I think ultimately mm -hmm. every type is in this realm to co-create. And mm -hmm. so when I was talking to my manifestor friend, she's like, yeah, like, I don't know how to explain it, but I just really do feel that I am like connected to source and like these urges just kind of drop in. And I just like intuitively understand them. And then it's either, you know, you, then you, you tap into your authority. Like, is this, you know, is this good for me? Is this what I want to do? Whatever your authority is as a manifestor. And so I'm curious how that feels for you, because one of the things that I had to do as a sacral generator is like, okay, am I responding to my ideas and not mm -hmm. my environment? Cause that, that really fucked me up in business last year. And I was like responding to my ideas and I wasn't actually co-creating. So I'm really curious how that shows up for you as a manifestor with initiating and informing. Cause this is like, this is obviously different. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I got so many visions. I'm, you know, almost two years into my experiment, a little over two years, and I'm still learning like what my cycles are. This is the first time I'm truly resting because I, I had um, birthed the human design canvas templates last year. And I think that it just took such a toll on me. <laughs> And then it was just like a lot of stuff happened last year that every time I tried to create something new, there was like more stuff happening. And it was just signs that you really need to pull back. So this is the first year that I'm really pulling back. So I, I work very little now and I still have like really good sustainable months. Um, so I get to see myself how ideas come through. I have really great visions. Like I can just... It's, it's me working through whether um, I'm going to be the one to birth them, initiate them. And I went live on the R market with a couple of manifestors and one of them calls it because it's like also learning how your creative urges come through and whether I have open head. So I know I get excited about things too. And one of the things I had to do was stop looking at what other people are doing because I have this tendency. I'm like, oh, that's really fun. I could totally do that. And then I then I wouldn't have the energy for it. So I really had to pull back. And that's another reason I gave myself time to see what was a truly a creative urge and whether um, an urge will stay with me, even if I don't initiate right away. And so there are visions that I do have, great visions for things, and I'm working through that worthiness piece that I get to be the one to birth it. Because for a while, I'm just like, oh, I just created these Canva templates. But I was the first one I initiated, and now people are creating them. And sometimes I just like move on quickly. I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal. And if, if I, you know, like people are recognizing it. So I'm like working through that piece that, oh my goodness, it is a big deal, but it just comes so naturally to me so easily. And just really like allowing my nervous system to catch up to the success, to the recognition, to that I get to be someone who can have these movements, who can be on a big mission, who can bring greatness to uh, whatever it is that I create and it gets to be a big deal and so it's like I think part of that is being able to connect to my pleasure and so when I have the daily pleasures then I'll have 
the greater pleasure of birthing so many things. But yeah, I, I do feel like I have this connection to source and to God and that I get these ideas and I'll actually respond back like me, <laughs> like you're choosing me. Um, and then sometimes I just have to answer. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, we're going to do this with our market. It actually came to me for like over a month and I couldn't sleep. <laughs> it was like, oh poking my God. At me. And I was like, I was like, all right, cool. We're going to call this a passion project. We're just going to birth it. We're going to bring it forward. I don't know why. And so it, it just feels like that. I'm like, I don't know why it doesn't make sense. I already have a business. I'm a mom. We're just going to do it. And looking back then I'm like, how did I do all of that? That's how I know that it was a creative urge because I just follow each step as it comes to me. And I think that's my co-creating process is like breaking it down into little steps versus like, okay, you're going to build this grand business and where you're going to do all these things. Like if that came to me that way, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> so I was like, let's start small. I don't that's even know if that amazing. answered your question. My 2057 just goes off. <laughs> no, no, no. That was like, that was so good. And yeah, because I really, I really want to paint a clear picture for people who are manifestors to really get like they, I think the biggest thing for manifestors is to trust themselves. Because mm -hmm. one of the big things that I noticed with conditioning with manifestors is like, you know, you're obviously here to initiate and inform, like there's this potency in your voice. And I feel like, you know, I just, I have a really good friend of mine who's a manifestor. She's also two, four manifestors. Apparently I know mm -hmm. a lot of two, fours. Anyways, <laughs> she grew up in a home where she was silenced. And it was like, you're too much, like quiet down. You know, there's a lot of other stuff going on too, but like, that was the flavor of her childhood. And so, you know, I can see there's sometimes when we, when we're having conversations about business and things and she's saying things to me and I'm like, you're like asking for permission right now. Like that is not what you do. You're not here to respond. Like you're here to go and initiate and inform and like trailblaze your shit. And if people don't like it because you're starting something new and you're like shaking shit up, like that's literally what it is. And so- mm -hmm. I just really want to emphasize that because I feel like it's such a it's such a superpower and it's so like it's so powerful and I hate it when I see manifestors who are kind of like they're not in their power they don't trust like oh I'm actually meant to speak up like I'm like I see things I hear things I'm connected and like the world needs to know this because we're going in a new direction right yeah. so I love I, I love hearing through, you I'm actually working through those wounds because it was the same way I was never allowed to especially anger. I was never allowed to feel angry. I was always shamed for it. And so at, when I learned, um, you know, human design and the not self theme of being angry, irritable, like uh, all kinds of reactions, it just made sense. It was like, of course, I'm like learning to fall in love. So actually anger is my catalyst. That's usually when I create the most. So every time I get angry, I have like a burst of creativity. So it's like learning to love that part of me. I think we um manifestors especially when they first discover this like you don't really have to know human design but just understanding that piece that that that's normal for you and that actually is going to be a part of your journey and that's what actually pushes you to make a change make a shift and like initiate on that and like find your power um so it's it's I'm still working through that. I have a lot of throat stuff I'm working on. So giving like giving myself grace, like people will tell me like, yo, your voice is powerful. You should share it. And it's just like my spleen is still like it's it's not rushing me. Like, you know, my intuition is like, let's take time with this because that's going to pay off in the long run that you gave yourself space to work through this, to see it from all different angles and I think I just go through a depth of stuff, like really understanding a lot of things by going through it. And then that's where my integrity is, that I I truly have to experience it on a, a whole new level for me to be able to talk about it with people or teach or, you know, just share about it. So I just don't really want the surface level deconditioning and like really really going through it so it's been a couple of months with the voice thing because I haven't been posting on my social media much so really nobody knows what's going on so it's like me going through personal voice stuff and like finding my voice and so it's been really great because I've been creating for fun for myself and see like really just validating myself like through that space and 
I, I was like, I'm not running out of time. So I've, I've made my peace with the concept of time <laughs> and like my pace and uh, I'm not running out of time. This is, it's always going to, I'm going to, it's going to be the perfect time whenever I come back and speak, like nobody's going anywhere. No one's going to freak at me. Uh, people know where I am and they're patient. I love how grounded you are in all of this. And one thing that I'm really hearing too, is you said you have a defined heart center. And I feel like the typical flavor of having a defined heart center is like, you got this willpower and this drive to like get things done. But ironically, I'm hearing this willpower to allow your spleen to pull you back. Like there's a willpower of like, no, actually, I'm not going to like stick it on the gas and just gun it. Right. Because I feel like this story about the ego center is like this willpower, this drive, this desire is like material things. And it's like this very like masculine energy, like just to go and get things done, like hone in and be able to pull through. But I love that it's like it's coming, it's showing up in like a feminine way for you of like allowing things to go at their own pace. Yeah. I mean, there's so much I'm working through right now. It's just. Uh, you know, like learning about the masculine and feminine energies and how to balance them. I had a chakra reading recently. She said, I've, I've become fairly balanced. Like there are still slight imbalances, um, which is around like giving and receiving. So like now I'm, because I'm not doing a lot, I'm learning how to receive. And from that place, I'll be able to start giving again. So I've, I've been really kind of learning to be selfish with my time, my energy, and say no a lot. I did find recently through studying the splenic authority that a lot of my yeses were coming from the ego definition. And so I would say things and it felt correct. And then um, after a couple of days or weeks, I'd be like, mm, I don't have time for this. Like why? So it was just from that, it was just me learning the lesson of um, just that impulsivity was still there of wanting to like just really gather information and not miss out on things and realizing that I wasn't listening to my spleen that I really wasn't correct at that time and so now um, a lot of programs are coming into my field and I'm just like oh, I see it. I recognize this is a desire. I re I'm really interested. I'm a Gemini, so I love learning. And so I had to be okay that, oh, I love to learn and I can learn this later. It's just not correct right now. And that's okay. So really, uh, but I had to learn that through saying yes so many times because my ego was like, we want to learn everything and we want to know everything. <laughs> and we're going to use all the things. I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> let's slow down now. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it. You know what? It, it really sounds like once you get human design, like you get into human design and gene keys and you really start to learn about every little, every little bit, you know, all the centers, all the gates, all the channels is like, you start to have this relationship with every piece of you, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, like you're talking about your relationship with your spleen and your relationship with your ego. And like, what's been like with having an undefined open head and Ajna. And it's just like, it's so interesting how it's true. I feel like after getting into human design that I felt like I was able to connect with myself more, but not just like on a whole level. It's like every little bit in peace, like being able to look at it and be like, you're in the not self or this is out of alignment. And then just playing with like all that energy. Like it's, it's so interesting. Like I was hearing you share and I was like really getting present to that. And I think it was like unconsciously happening in my world until you started speaking like that. Yeah, I mean, there was a, a time when I was learning human design that I was just like, uh, this is like too much, like for me to notice so much. And I didn't want to just be another human design like person. Um, so I was actually like trying to avoid it. And then I realized to this day that I still use it. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's just own it. Like, it was me thinking that other people think I was crazy or something. Because I it's, it's, once you really know it, you can't unsee it and you get to play with it. So there are different parts of my chart that I'm like becoming. Uh, so, you know, you you learn to play with different parts of your chart, different seasons. So right now um, I'm in uh, a narrow valleys environment. And so my understanding of things when I first started and then in year one, you know, like after year one, after year two, it's like really just starts to deepen. So you always will deepen your understanding of environment and like your gates and your gene keys and even just being a manifester. So it's not like once you know it, you know it, you're always going to embody on a deeper level. And that's the, the beauty of gene keys is just really softening. And that helped because 
you're not trying to get from like point A to Z. Like you're not trying to just get from the the shadow to the gift. It's you just keep softening to the gift. You keep tapping into the gift and then you come back to the shadow and you're softening to the shadow. And it, that helps because you're not trying to race or get it correct. You're just learning how to soften. Um, so coming back to narrow valleys, you know, I had a flood in my apartment uh, in September and I was, I used to live on the first floor with the valleys, you need to be closer to the ground level. So I was thinking of it technically, but you also need to have access and flow of information between people. And uh, of course, like being on the internet, I love it because information is always flowing to me, but then I started to understand it in relationships as well. And now I'm on the third floor <laughs> and I'm like, and because I'm quad left, I'm an active participant in my environment. So I noticed that I, my rest period came <laughs> when I moved to the third floor and that I just found it so interesting. So after a few months, I noticed that I wasn't very active in my environment. So now I'm going to play around with, and I didn't have an assistant either to help me pack orders. So I wasn't around a lot of energy. Um, but I noticed as soon as I hired my new assistant, she started this week, I started to be a little bit more active. I started to um, look for co-working spaces, like go out to cafes. Like I, during the winter, I like to hibernate, but like that's something I'm going to be playing with now consciously in the spring is to find that connection again, because I'm designed to be active in my environment. So if I'm not being active, then the environment is not entirely correct for me. So while the rest was great, I'm here. To, so I'm going to be playing around with the environment. I'm also playing around with, um, so all my all my channels are conscious. And and what was I going to say? Oh my God, I just lost so my train of thought. <laughs> does that mean, that's okay. That's okay. Because I wanted to ask you if all your channels are conscious and are you an unconscious reflector? Yes, I am. Mm, my dog. I actually... So and yeah, okay, let's dive into this. Okay, go ahead. So actually my my husband is a sacral generator, but his personality is a reflector. Um, I'm splendid manifester and my my design is a reflector. And then we have a three five reflector daughter. So I was just like when I saw the charts, I was like blown away. And I think that's another reason why I've learned to slow down because my body needs more time. So just really give myself that permission. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. so I have a four-year-old reflector daughter and she's really here to amplify stuff <laughs> to us. Oh my uh, gosh. Yes. I would love, I would love to chat about that before we hit record, just so the listeners know, uh, Ravina and I were just talking about like what it's like knowing human design and like raising a child and just really witnessing them, you know, in their purest form and having an understanding to be more inclusive to, you know, every child, like as they are not just like a blanket of like, oh, this is how children are, but like the five different types and just understanding them on an energetic level is just going to be such a game changer. So I would love to hear what it's like for you to have a, a reflector daughter, because obviously being a reflector is like 1% of the population. Yeah, I actually do attract a lot of reflectors. I've worked with reflectors as mentors, clients, um, friends. So for some reason, I just attract them, but she's really, I already knew she was magical. <laughs> and I mean, every parent knows that and every child is beautiful. I just really knew she was really, really special. And so initially I was, when I found human design, I was like, oh, she must be a manifester just like me. And I looked it up and I was like, what? She's a reflector. Um, I will say that she's truly just like the delight that she has. So children are naturally like they live out their design and reflectors um, signature is delight, awe, surprise. So I always try to just keep that in mind. We surprise her like almost every week. So with new things, new experiences, new toys, uh, even just changing things in the environment, she's just she just lights up. So it's like being able to nurture that is really amazing, knowing that she's here to just really be surprised by life. Um, she's a three five, just like my husband. And so with the three line, it's really interesting because with the two line, I kind of know what works sometimes. And then I want to tell them what works. They're not here for it. <laughs> so like knowing that there are three lines, that they're here to make mistakes and figure out 
like what way works for them. I can see it in both of them, especially my daughter. She'd be like, no, I'll do it. And like, you'll see her messing up or like uh, getting frustrated and angry. And then she eventually figures out and then she's so excited. So that, that helps to know as well. She's quad right. Oh my goodness. This is really interesting. I think I think the best part about knowing human design is that part because with her receptive receptive mind and passive brain, she's not going to process things the way I do. She's not going to pay attention the way I do. I'm very strategic. I'm very like focused. And my husband's not into human design. So he's already thinking things like, oh, we're going to get her a tutor. We're going to put her in the best schools. And I'm here like, oh, no, she's not designed for that. She's here to flow. She's here to just be spontaneous. She's here just to kind of pay attention when she needs to. Um, she learns differently. And so I think it's just such a gift to know that because then I'm going to advocate for her with other people wanting her to do, you know, the way that we've always done things. and. Um, even recently been considering like maybe I should homeschool her and that would mean like me learning how to work with a receptive mind that's still like new to me and trying to like so she gets to teach me how she learns but it's so funny because she really takes her time with things um, even coming down to decision making when we're like are you hungry do you want to eat something and then she's just like no and then my husband will walk away I'm like no stand there wait <laughs> give her time like five seconds later she's like yes and then she's like I want this no no actually I want that and it's just like really interesting because it's like she's here to like just you know like learn through trying different things as well and taking her time and it's not about like that she's trying to frustrate you or like you know like waste your time she's here to teach you that things take time for her um so and then she's also uh, Valley's environment like me. So she's very sensitive to sound, but she's wide. So I love headphones. She doesn't. So she likes the diffuse sound and I like to control the sound that's coming in. Um, and she's also low determination. So like she, it can't be noisy when she's eating. It's just really nice to know these things because then, then you know that if she's cranky or if she's upset, then it usually has to do with like either the environment or um, just giving her the space that she needs to do stuff um, and process in her own way. Uh, yes, I, I just love it because I'm trying to keep it super simple. I'm not, I haven't tried to go too much into her gates. And she does complete a couple of channels for me and two of them are in the emotional channels, 12, 22 and 30, 36, 35. And so she, I always say she's the 36 to my 35. So she's really here to be my emotional teacher and it's her conscious son. So it's a very important part of her. She's here to be um, embody compassion. Yes, I have the same, I'm 36, six. So I can totally relate to that. <laughs> Actually, yeah. it's interesting. So that means that you like together, our emotional solar plexus is activated right now. Cause I, I notice like my boyfriend has a 35, I have a 36 and I find that that connection with someone is like really easy for me to talk with them. And I noticed mm -hmm. today's conversation, not that I would ever think that it was going to be a difficult conversation, but I'm like, Oh, this is like flowing, like so good. So <laughs> it must be that because 36 is my conscious son. So I love, I love what you just shared about the variable and your daughter and her being a reflector. And that is like, that is so gold. I hope I'm not going to be the person to do this, but I'm just going to like put it out there. I really want to see somebody in the human design world do like a masterclass or do coaching on how to parent your kids this way, because that's amazing. I think that's so cool that you can just like you know, just the patience and the waiting and like the learning from her, like it's so empowering because I've been connecting with more reflectors lately. And I did a reading for one recently and I, I did a little recording that I have on my Instagram feed from our session. And it's like, it felt so good to just blast the disempowering contexts around reflectors because there isn't enough information about it, you know? And there is a lot mm -hmm. of like, oh, you're just going to be tired all the time and drained and so on. And, and it's like, no, there's actually like so much wisdom there, you know? So I really love that you're just like already creating this nurturing environment for her. Oh, she has the most energy ever. First of all, she's a toddler, so she's four. <laughs> but, you know, um, she borrows my, my ego energy and she loves to amplify that back. She's very, very 
set in her way sometimes. It's just really funny because she's so different around me than with everyone else. And it's, and people will tell me that she's very like, like she'll fight me. Like she's like headstrong. And that's like my ego amplified back to me. Cause I'm like, I do what I want. And she does the same thing to me. And she's so soft around everyone else. Like her and her father get along really well. But I think it's the the profiles. And um, she has the 61. He has the 24. So she's always picking his brain. It's just really interesting to see. And he's also undefined solar plexus. And so we have three undefined solar plexus that get activated. And so the energy can sometimes be intense. So I'm always the one who I'm very sensitive to energy. So when I start to notice these things, I'll always accommodate in such a way, like shift the energy, uh, the environment or know what everyone needs so that we can all be in very flow state. Um, so most of it's, it gets better. So the more that things come up, then we'll like address it. Like, okay, she was hungry. We'll prepare food next time. Like um, she needs more quiet times. Even when we're watching TV, she People can't be arguing on TV because she'll start paying attention with her 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 passive, uh, her receptive mind. She'll just know. She'll just be aware and she'll be like, why are they arguing? I need you to watch happy stuff. Like <laughs> she's very um, expressive. So it's just really nice to be able to uh, nurture things that I wasn't allowed to do. And she knows when she's tired. She knows when she needs to rest. She'll just tell us. And we don't shame her for it. Like, we'll be like, okay, cool. Um, and I come from a very social family. So it's always like socializing. And unfortunately, I went out yesterday after three back-to-back -back calls. And then me and her were just like very cranky <laughs> at the family event. And so sometimes you still have to do these things and then realize it kind of reinforces. And next time, let's set a bounty and say, uh, we need to rest. We need quiet time. And my family has commented a few times like, oh, you're always tired or you're always just like not hanging out with us or you need to be alone. And it's like we're just trying to normalize that that's OK, because she and I have these certain things in our chart. Like my husband's, first of all, caves environment. So he needs <laughs> to be he, he never opens the blinds in his room like. It's like just being able to honor that, that we are that way, that we're very sensitive to sound, we're sensitive to energy, and that's okay. So I'm it like, it sometimes doesn't feel like a big deal until you see the contrast in what and how I used to be and how I used to accommodate and how I used to force myself to socialize or hang out with people. So now I'm like choosing like, um, you know, if the energy doesn't feel good with a family member, I can walk away instead of like making it mean anything about them or me. It's just energy. And so really, um, I think being a parent helped that because I can advocate for her, but then learning to advocate for myself as well. Oh my gosh, this is so good. I'm loving, I'm like literally loving everything that you're sharing right now. And I'm just hearing this and I was like, this is such a permission slip for people to really dive into their human design more and like understand themselves from an energetic level without any shaming, without any like feeling self-conscious. Like, it's just like, this is what I need. This is what I need. And then you get to have the best of me and I get to have the best of myself. And there's like the people pleasing tendencies and whatnot. I think one of the biggest, a big breakthrough that I had around human design is when, so I had a, I had a challenging childhood growing up, my parents separated. And when I found out that my dad was an ego manifester, all of the anger and the rage that I experienced and like the intense energy and just like all of it, the times that he was out of alignment as a child, like I obviously took that so personally. But then when I realized, I'm like, oh my God, like you're an ego manifester. Like you're designed to just do what the fuck it is you want to do. And you're going to inform the shit out of it to everyone. Like that's what you're here to do. It has nothing to do with me. It's not personal. Mm -hmm. And that actually really allowed me to, to heal a part of myself because I was like, Kayla, it had nothing to do with you. That's literally his energy. That's how he's yeah. meant to show up. And it like allowed yeah. me to have so much compassion and, and so the, I thought that was like such a breath of fresh air when I discovered that. And it's like, not to like bash ego manifestors at all. I'm just sharing my own experience was like, you know, I have an undefined emotional solar plexus. So, and a completely open heart center. So like, for me, that was a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just think it, it really can be a massive permission slip when, when we give people the space and the grace to, to express their energy, how they're designed. Yeah. 
And as we're talking, I realize that that's what human design is. Like, that's what it gave me was to learn how not to take things personally and see um, things for the way they are, people for the way they are, even if they are out of alignments, like we're not all aware of our subconscious stuff. So even I, I don't care how awakened you are, there's still going to be subconscious stuff that you can't access or won't access. And that's okay. So it's like learning to balance that being human, being aware, and just seeing that sometimes it's just a journey of accepting what is that I feel like that's like the biggest part of it. Yes. Oh my God. It's so true. I would love to chat a little bit about this. I want to talk a bit about the not self theme of anger, because I feel like, like you said, you get so much creativity from your anger. And I feel like there's a stigma around anger because mm-hmm. it's, oh, you shouldn't be angry. Like it's a bad emotion. Like you need to calm down. Like there's a lot of shame around that. And I feel like anger it's, it's almost, I think it's such a good thing when people have anger, especially if they channel it in a way that allows them to release it. And it's not in a toxic way. That's like, you know, when you think about disappointment or you think about frustration, like it's very internal and it can like rot inside of you. Whereas anger is like outwardly expressed and you can get it out and move on. And so I would mm-hmm. really love for you to share your experience with anger and how you know you've been able to express this and just like the stigma you realized around it that maybe how we talk about it now will like give some people a breath of fresh air if they are having shame around that yeah so I when I first started learning about human design and that anger was my not self theme of course I was still in like the mental aspect of it like oh this is normal but it really like I needed to give it space to integrate where it's finally grounded like oh, that is normal. Like before it was like, oh, that's normal. And you could tell like the, the difference and like when you first learn it, like, oh, I uh, anger will tell me when I'm out of alignment or when something isn't for me. But it, it when you get deeper into it, you're like, oh, that's telling me this is something for me to look at, something for me to witness, something for me to observe. There's a lesson here. And it it's no longer shame or judgment. It's, it's, it is just what it is because it's going to happen. Um, it's not like you're just going to feel peace all the time, but you're, you're moving towards peace. You're realizing I'm, I'm angry, but I, I want peace. I consciously want peace. And how can I find the peace? And so what, what decision can I make? So it's usually anger comes from a violation of boundary or something getting in the way, especially as a manifester. And so a lot of this has come up because, and I, I find it very, um, and they talk about it, that it's, it's usually hardest for female uh, manifestors because, you know, being a manifestor is a lot of masculine energy because of the action taking part, the mechanics of being able to take action. And so that, that means I have to look at my relationship with my husband, look at my relationship with my daughter and what it means to be a mom and what it means to be a business owner and a mom and a wife and a daughter and all that stuff was coming up. Up. And especially because I from a I come from a culture where the man works, he provides financially. <laughs> and so it's like really unlearning that. And so initially when I started to, you know, real every time I got angry and I knew human design, I I just really had to let myself sit with it. And it I, I would say like maybe a year later when I started to really get into my experiment and start to be okay with being angry that I started to see notice my pattern that I usually get angry and then I create something really amazing after that (laughs) so when I started to become conscious of my patterns like really be become aware of it I was like oh I like this that I'm learning even more about myself through my patterns and so every time I start to get angry like nobody wants to be angry it just happens but then you realize it's an emotion, you realize it's energy moving through you, you start to look at a situation and you start to really just observe it. And you want to, you have to move that energy somehow. So then I was like, well, the healthiest way is for me to create. And I realized I get very creative in that energy. So now it's just like, whenever it comes, that's not like something I can force, <laughs> but I realized that it gives me that push, that drive to do things. Um, so sometimes it just comes because it, it needs to to get me to move because sometimes I'll get stagnant and like someone asked me yesterday are you bored right now and I was like oh I'm uninspired and she's like you're bored <laughs> so we need emotions to be able to 
Um, but I think it's okay to be bored because I'm learning to be okay with that. That doesn't have to mean anything. But um, yeah, just really being able to uh, navigate anger in that way, in a non-judgmental way, um, seeing the gift in the anger. Um, I just, I mean, other people still have a stigma around it and they have their stories, but I had to become detached from that, that I had to change my relationship to anger. That if I got, and then I noticed that I wasn't allowed to be angry in any of my relationships, that anger was not safe. And so I'm like, it's not safe because they think I'm gonna explode at them, which I barely do. So I'm like, this energy is still sacred, it's important, and I can transmute it into creative outlets and not shame myself for having that reaction. Um, yeah, so it's like when you get to change that relationship with yourself, eventually other people start to soften around you. So I actually don't have a lot of people who make me angry, like no one can make me, it's because I changed my relationship that... Um, I know what to do like not you know I'm not acting on it I can I can channel it in other ways so it's it's not you don't get to I would say you don't get to judge it or you're not trying to be in this I think people when they first come to it and I I was this way too where where they thought that they could not be in their not self oh this is wrong I'm doing it wrong I have to always feel peaceful it's no it's just you get to tap more and more into peace and so I prioritize peace. I prioritize flow and ease, but I'm still going to be angry. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is amazing. I I just love, like I really, really love, like I can just hear through all of your sharing today, just the balance of this like feminine and, and masculine energy that you've been playing with. And even earlier, you made a comment tell like your left quad, your daughter's right quad. But it's so interesting because like, I don't know if you hear it, but I could hear you being like, strategically creating flow for her like isn't that hilarious like you're like okay I know that when this happens she needs this and then that and it's like it's actually perfect so it doesn't mean that you know in order to understand a right quad you have to be a right quad and vice versa it just goes mm -hmm. to show that there's like different ways to do things so for me my environment is left and the rest is right so I'm pretty right dominant but it's like I, I can, yeah, like I, I can still see the, my, my boyfriend, he's also quad right, but I think his colors and his tones, he's a very strategic aligned person that way, like very focused. And it's just like my, my flow can see very specific things for him, even though he's more strategic. Like it's just, it's always a spectrum is basically what I'm trying to mm -hmm. say is that it yeah. doesn't need to be binary. It never needs to be binary. It can be a spectrum and there's ways to play with it. There's so many layers and I think that that's really important. So I, I just wanted to share that with you because I was like, you are strategically creating flow, which is like kind of ironic, but it's like beautiful at the same time. Do you have an undefined ajna? Oh, my ajna is open. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I, I always find it inter interesting because that's how I see things too, is on a spectrum. And so you see uh, more likely with undefined ajnas and when I found human design that like totally makes sense why I always thought of things like I didn't see it as black and white and I used to define that um uh say my husband was like that and he has a defined ajna I'm like why do you think it's such black and white terms the, the world's on a spectrum and he's like are you everyone's lawyer like you're always defending people because <laughs> I'm like I'm open <laughs> to all truths <laughs> oh I love it <laughs> Yes. No, I, I only have my G center and my sacral defined. Everything mm -hmm. else is either undefined or open. So yeah, that open Ajna, it really, that's the thing with these open centers. Like it's true. Like you can pick up a lot of conditioning there. Like earlier you talked about having an undefined sacral and what that means for you. And it's like, I have an undefined emotional solar plexus. Like I totally notice people, people pleasing tendencies with that. Like, but it, it's just, it's just places to gain wisdom. Like nothing's mm -hmm. better than the other. Like it's all energy. It's going to flow anyways. Right. It's not like we just only have energy, like in those centers and it never goes anywhere. Like, come on, that's not, that's not going to happen, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I think it just, it just gives you us a reference point to kind of know where to work, where to look. And it's just like, no matter what medium you're using, what tool you're using, it's just going to still show you something about yourself and your relationship to whatever it is or the people around you. So human design gene keys is just one tool. Some people use tarot cards, some people use astrology, like 
um, so many different ways to connect with your intuition and just like knowingness. Um, it just, you know, human design, the way it's structured, uh, it just gets very specific. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I really, really, really loved our conversation today. It flowed beautifully. There's like so much wisdom. I'm like really excited to hear the feedback from this, from the listeners. And so before I wrap things up, I always ask my people if you can share just an intuitive piece of wisdom, like tap into that spleen, whatever you feel like you need to say for the audience before we wrap up our conversation. Oh my goodness. Usually like I'm really quick on sharing something. So give me a moment. I just feel like you can't you can't do it wrong, and I think you really need to. Um, people need to change their relationship with what they think is the problem. So it's not really the problem, and it's their relationship to the problem and how they approach it, and really just soften and give yourself grace. And I find that it comes from you know all my undefined centers that I I always felt like I was doing it wrong, and I just needed permission that I was still just finding my way and finding what works for me um, so my my advice would just to be learn how to soften with yourself and create a relationship with yourself where you can learn to love the way you are um, and not make it wrong I love this and it's that's such a theme of the conversation like I really I really loved hearing and witnessing you speak about yourself and how you've softened from the last couple of years, getting into human design with your businesses and just like holding space for your daughter and for your husband and just like how you want to live your life. Like it was like really beautiful to witness that in our conversation today. So I actually just kind of, I guess I want to acknowledge you for that. Like it was actually oh, really inspiring. You. Yeah. Thank you're you. so my two line, My two line loves to be recognized. So really having that reflection just reinforces that I'm kind of on the right track um, and I'm going at the right pace. Totally. Oh my God. That two line. Let me tell you, I'm a six, two. So like, not <laughs> like not seeing what you're doing and what you're talking yeah. about earlier. This like, Oh, on to the next thing. Next thing. That's not a big deal. I do that all the time. And I'm like, Kayla, you just did X, Y, and Z. Oh, did I? Wow. I didn't even see it. Like, <laughs> yeah, such a two line thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, I would love for you to share with our audience where they can connect with you. I'm going to put the aura market and the green muse in my show notes for them to tap into as well but just let us know where they can find you online yeah so i have the r market and the green muse and then i have my personal page which is my first and last name so at rubina.ianegro i i do have things that i want to create this year i have really great products on the r market and i just hired some people to help you know um, carry things out for me and so I'm going to act on a few of those creative urges I've had and it's funny that you mentioned um, one of the things that's I would say it's in my incubation um, phase is wanting to do something around parenting and for people who are caregivers so not just parents but even like aunts uncles cousins like grandmothers grandfathers uh, just understanding human design in that lens of like relationships and you know people in your life and um, I'm I wanted to work with someone and they came into my field so it's just like all these synchronicities that this is meant to happen so I think that I'm going to be sharing how I use human design with you know in my relationship so if you follow me look out for that later this year I don't have a timeline because I don't do deadlines anymore <laughs> so yes, I'm just gonna oh follow, actually follow the urges when they come to me it's so funny because earlier when I said, like, can I just like put that out there into the universe? I'm like, somebody needs to do like human design parental coaching. I intuitively was like, Rubina needs to hear this. And then you literally were like, well, actually, I've been thinking about this. And I was like, there it is. My intuition actually, knew what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I've been mapping it out. And um, it's like, there are people that I know that do it. But, I, you know, like how I told you that I'm, I'm trying to own who I am and my own gifts and the way that I see things and the depth that I bring. And because I've been kind of living it and experimenting with it, 
I have to tell myself there's space for me. So I still go through this, like, you know, just that deconditioning process and like trying to tap into my power. So there are times where I get a creative urge, I follow it and it's not a big deal. And there are other times when it's the urge feels so big, so powerful that I'm just like, who am I to carry this out? There are people better than me. There are people more knowledgeable than me. So it's me learning to really catch up with myself and the, the ex experiences that I have and the expertise I have and even just the grounded energy I have in these um, in these fields and so I'm going to give myself time to birth that and know that it'll be correct but it's good to have the responses even before I've told anyone informed anyone about this that it's coming through um, yeah yeah I think if there's one thing, the last thing I'm going to say to the audience is like, that's not the first time that I've heard a manifestor say, like, I've had such a massive urge to do something. And I'm like, who the fuck am I to do this? And it's like, if, if you have received that urge, it came to you, like your bolt, your body, your soul, your mind, it came to you for a reason. And that comes back to what I said earlier around manifestors needing to trust themselves. So that's just like a shout out to the manifestors that when you receive something, you're like, oh my God, like, who am I to do this? Like, what is this? Like, why? Like, there's a pull here and it's like, oh my God, like looking at this thing, like, how am I going to get around it? You're just there to do it. And it was, it was yeah. like given to you because God, source, universe, whatever you want to say, trust you. But the only way that you can initiate and form is if you trust yourself. So that's yeah. my, that's my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting better at it. <laughs> so good. Well, I want to thank our listeners today for coming on and listening to the conversation. Again, Rubina, thank you so much for coming on and like graciously oh, sharing your wisdom. It was thank amazing. you. I think this is this is where I got even more personal than I normally do because usually I just talk about, you know, all the steps of building my business, how I started, what I've created. And so we really got into some of the personal stuff and some of the limiting beliefs I've been working with. And um, so thank you for creating this space for, you know, for me to be able to share that. Oh, you're so welcome. I have a completely open throat, so I'm here for it. <laughs> thank you. You're so welcome. And I want to thank the listeners too. If you can take a moment to subscribe if you haven't yet, if you share this online, definitely tag both of us so that we can be excited with you. And if you can take a moment to leave a quick review as well, that would be amazing. And I will chat with you in the next episode. Bye.